Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Thessalonians. Today is episode 365. We're looking at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 12. Let's read our passage. Although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, instead we were gentle among you, as a nurse nurtures her own children. We cared so much for you that we were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember our labor and hardship, brothers and sisters, working day and night so that we would not burden any of you. We preached God's gospel to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how devoutly, righteously, and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers. As you know, Like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. This letter was sent during Paul's second missionary journey from Corinth. The letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and is being sent to the church at Thessalonica. They had traveled through Thessalonica, spent a little bit of time there, but had to leave because of the public outroar, even a riot that ensued. So they left Thessalonica, went down to Berea, then down to Athens. Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica, and then Paul went on to Corinth, and then Silas and Timothy rejoined him there. So it's sometime after Timothy has come back from his visit to Thessalonica that Paul is sending this letter now to the Thessalonians. Apparently, there's been a lot of criticism from people about Paul. These are the people who basically chased him out of town, and they're accusing his motives, accusing his sincerity, saying he's just out for his own good, trying to milk the Thessalonians for money. That That's his primary motive. And so Paul's responding to that. He talked how much he cared about them, and that they themselves were witnesses of what really happened. So don't listen to what the people making the accusations are saying. He says, I was there with you. You were the ones I was preaching to. So you know what happened. You are the witnesses. So we continue this argument today, starting with verse 7. Now, the transition from verse 6 to 7, you'll notice in different translations, some have a period at the end of verse 6 and at the end of the sentence. And then Verse 7 starts a new sentence. Some use a comma to where verse 7 is just a a continuation of the sentence from verse 6. And while it it is a little bit of differences you can make throughout it as to what words you're modifying, which other words, it really doesn't change the meaning of anything. He's arguing his concern for them, arguing for his own sincerity, and that they themselves know what really went on. So verse 7, although we could have been a burden as Christ's apostles, instead we were gentle among you as a nurse nurtures her own children. Well, this is following the discussion we looked at last time as he talked about how they dealt with the people in Thessalonica, that you saw how sincere we were. We didn't try to trick you with fancy speech, but we just stuck to the pure gospel. We didn't try to impress you. We were only trying to faithfully serve God. Now, remember, part of the 
accusations are that Paul was after their money. And so Paul here is beginning the argument that they didn't get any money from the people of Thessalonica. And here he's making the point that we are apostles, that is, we are appointed by God and serving as messengers of God with God's message. And we could have used that as authority, basically said, as representatives of God, you must support us financially. But they didn't. He said, so we, we didn't place a burden, a financial burden upon you as Christ's apostles. Instead, we were gentle among you. Now, the word gentle, it's not so much the word, it's the word right before gentle in the Greek ends with an N. And then the word translated gentle begins with an E. Some old manuscripts have an N in front of that word that gets translated as gentle, which would make it infant. So there's disagreement. You'll find some translations that use the word infant there. Some use gentle. And again, it doesn't change the overall meaning of it. It just shows the, the challenges of biblical translation. But uh, I think most scholars prefer to use gentle here. So we, we, didn't, we didn't throw our apostleship on you and say, okay, we're here. God has sent us, and you are responsible to support us. He said, no, we didn't do that. We're gentle, much like a, a nurse would raising children. And that's the way we were with you. In verse 8, he says, we cared so much for you that we were, were pleased to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you had become dear to us. Here he's just speaking of the relationship. We really care about you guys. We really care for you as people. You're not just statistics of converts that we made that we can send back to headquarters in Antioch and say, uh, see how many converts we made this, this week and how many people we baptized and how well we're doing. He says, no, no, we, we care about you as people because as God's representatives, God cares about you. We care about you. Then verse 9, for you remember our labor and hardship, brothers and sisters, working day and night. So we would not be a burden to any of you. We preached God's gospel to you. He's talking finances here. As he said earlier, he said, we didn't place a burden upon you as apostles saying, okay, you must support us financially. He said, no, we financially supported ourselves. Now, in uh, one of Paul's other letters, he makes the point that as an apostle from God, he has every right to expect churches to support him. But here's the point, they didn't. Even though he says in other places, I, I have that right, I didn't exercise that right. We supported ourselves. We worked hard, day and night, working hard to support ourselves financially so that we wouldn't be a burden to any of you and that we could still preach the gospel to you. In verse 10, he says, You are witnesses, and so is God how devoutly righteously and blamelessly we conducted ourselves with you believers. Now these three words, devoutly, righteously, blamelessly. Some uh, translations translate devoutly as holy. What's the difference between being devout, being righteous, and being blameless? I don't think you can really make that much of a distinction. You could find definitions that really overlap in a large degree. And so it's not three separate things. 
but it's just three words he uses to describe how they lived. And the thing about this is, this is not internal things. If we were pure in heart, God knows that. He's talking here about how they live. You could see that. So you are witnesses of how we conduct ourselves. The beginning of verse 10, it says, you are witnesses, and so is God of how we lived. So yes, we're responsible to God for how we live, but you yourselves know. And so he's continuing this idea of don't base your judgments upon what other people are saying about us. Base your judgments on what you saw with your own eyes, what you personally experienced. And verse 11, as you know, like a father with his own children, we encouraged, comforted, implored each one of you to walk worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Well, that's the mission of the apostles, of the evangelists, of the missionaries. This is the Great Commission, the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go forth there and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. The, the challenge was to make disciples, not make converts, not have people make decisions, but make disciples. And so that's what he's referring to here. We, we tried to make disciples out of you. We, we didn't just give you the gospel and say, believe it, see you later. He says, we encouraged you, we comforted you, we implored you not to make a decision, but to walk worthy of God. And, and that's the call in our lives, too, is we don't just want to see people walk to the front of the church. We don't just want people fill out a decision card. We don't just see people raise their hand or whatever the, the particular style that church uses to respond to the gospel. Yeah, we want people to do that, but that's just the beginning. We want people to be disciples. We want them to walk worthy of God. Yes, we want them to come to Christ, but then to grow as a disciple, to learn to walk worthy of God who calls us into his kingdom and glory. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Thessalonians.